Today we commemorate Anzac Day. The Church in Australia celebrates a special Mass to remember and pray for those fallen in war. Let's gather our intentions now and place them before Christ, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to to Almighty God, God, and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty everlasting God, who sent your Son to die that we might live, grant, we pray, eternal rest to those who gave themselves in service and sacrifice for their country. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God. No torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the unwise, they did appear to die. Their going looked like a disaster. They're leaving us like annihilation, but they are in peace. If they experienced punishment as men see it, their hope was rich with immortality. Slight was their affliction, great will their blessings be. God has put them to the test and proved them worthy to be with him. He has tested them like gold in a furnace and accepted them as a holocaust. When the time comes for his visitation, they will shine out. As sparks run through the stubble, so will they. They shall judge nations, rule over peoples, and the Lord will be their king forever. They who trust in him will understand the truth. Those who are faithful will live with him in love. For grace and mercy await those he has chosen. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. How gracious is the Lord and just. Our God has compassion. The Lord protects the simple hearts. I was helpless, so he saved me. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted, even when I said, I am sorely afflicted. And when I said in my alarm, no man can be trusted. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. O precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful. 
Your servant, Lord, your servant I am. You have loosened my bonds. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. The language of the cross may be illogical to those who are not on the way to salvation. But those of us who are on the way see it as God's power to save. As scripture says, I shall destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing all the learning of the learned. Where are the philosophers now? Where are the scribes? Where are any of our thinkers today? Do you see now how God has shown up the foolishness of human wisdom? If it was God's wisdom that human wisdom should not know God, it was because God wanted to save those who have faith through the foolishness of the message that we preach. And so, while the Jews demand miracles and the Greeks look for wisdom, here are we preaching a crucified Christ, to the Jews an obstacle that they cannot get over, to the pagans madness, but to those who have been called whether they are Jews or Greeks, a Christ who is the power and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Happy are those who have died in the Lord. Let them rest from their labours, for their good deeds go with them. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to Andrew and Philip, Now has the hour come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you most solemnly, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single grain. But if it dies, it yields a rich harvest. Anyone who loves his life loses it. Anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it for the eternal life. If a man serves me, he must follow me. Wherever I am, my servant will be there too. If anyone serves me, my father will honour him. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was for this very reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the commemoration of Anzac Day interrupts our continuous reading of the sixth chapter of John's Gospel. But maybe there's something providential that's contained in it this year. Because... We started this journey into John 6 yesterday with the recounting of the event of Jesus' miraculous feeding of the 5,000 through the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. And so we heard yesterday that Jesus goes with his disciples to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and this large crowd of people follows him. And he turns to Philip and he says, And the Lord Jesus turns to Philip and he says, where can we buy some bread for these people to eat? 
And the Gospel of John tells us that he's only putting Philip to the test because Jesus knows exactly what he's about to do. But Philip replies like this. He says, 200 denarii would only be enough to give them a small piece each. 200 denarii. A denarius was around about a day's wage for a laborer. So we're talking about, what, two thirds of a yearly salary? That's a good deal of cash. Who carries that around with them? And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, chimes in. He says, look, there's a small boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but but what's that between so many? Philip and Andrew. These are the two ones who, when posed with the problem of feeding 5,000, they fall upon the human means. Philip talks about how much money. Andrew talks about how much food. And both of them realize that it's not enough. Now, Jesus knows exactly what he's going to do. He takes the five loaves, he takes the two fish, he gives thanks to God for them, and then he begins to break them. Now, here's the miracle. It's in the division that a multiplication happens. It's in breaking the bread that it turns into a superabundance. Everyone there gets fed, and fed to the point of satiety. And then when it comes time to take up the scraps, there are 12 baskets full. Far more than they even began with. The leftovers are even a superabundance of what was given in the first place. You don't need 12 baskets for 5 barley loaves. So here's the thing. Jesus turns to Andrew and Philip and says, "Let's. how are we going to feed these people? And they look towards their own ordinary human means. The economics of the denarius. The practical limitation of the five loaves and the two fish. And it butts up against our own logic. But Jesus shows that God goes beyond In breaking and giving, there is more. There is multiplication. This is the logic of love. Now, what's particularly providential in this moment is that the gospel we have for the commemoration of Anzac Day shows us a new interaction now between Andrew, Philip and Jesus. And it's on exactly the same theme. That it is only in giving that there is an abundance. That it is only in breaking apart that something new can come about. Listen again. Jesus said to Andrew and Philip, Now the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you most solemnly, unless a grain of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it remains only a single grain. In death, there is multiplication. In the breaking open of the seed, there comes about a rich harvest. And here we have the strange logic of love. It seems as though the path of life is the defense of life. It seems that the way to our own happiness is to protect everything that is properly ours. But 
St. Paul, in the letter to the Corinthians, which we heard as the second reading, speaks about this logic. He says the language of the cross may be illogical to those who are not on the way of salvation, but those of us who are on the way see it as God's power to save. You see, for the Greeks, like Philip, this is foolishness. And to the Jews, like Andrew, it's an obstacle. How is it that dividing the bread would lead to a multiplication? How is it that laying down your life instead of defending it with everything you've got becomes the way in which we find new life? Only the language of the cross can reveal the true wisdom that is the logic of love. And so Jesus in the gospel today says something quite paradoxical. Anyone who loves his life loses it. If the highest goal in your life is to defend your life, then you found nothing that is worth your life. You are your own highest value. But, says Jesus, anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it for the eternal life. If you found something to love more than yourself, then you found what it is that's worth living for, and what it's worth pouring out your whole life in service of. Breaking the bread of our life and giving it to the other is not the loss of our life, but the multiplication of it. This is the logic of the cross, says Jesus, the logic of sacrifice. And so on this Anzac Day, when we look particularly toward the ultimate sacrifice which was made by those who died in service of their country and in service of peace, that we commend them into the hands of Jesus who assures us that such sacrifice, while on the outside may appear illogical, is in fact the means to the abundance of new life. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, We dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Go in peace. Thanks be to God. We conclude today with the recitation of the Ode and the Last Post, followed by a minute's silence. They shall not grow old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them, lest we forget. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen.